0: Hello and welcome to the Teacher's Cubby podcast featuring author Miranda Mathis. This week we have Allison Snyder, a music educator located in Tennessee. Hi Allison, we are glad you accepted our invitation to be part of M Squared Books' Teacher's Cubby podcast. Before we begin, let's introduce Miranda Mathis, who has started this podcast for teachers. Hi, Miranda. Hi,
1: how are you, Christina?
0: Great, let's get started. I'm going to turn this over to Miranda and return with one question to close us out. Hi,
1: Allison. I'm glad you joined us today. Um, but before I begin, here's a message for all of our M Squared Books podcast listeners. M Squared Books podcast is to allow teachers, educators, and other professionals to share their professional experience with our audience with hopes it may enlighten and inspire others to apply some of the suggestions shared through this podcast. It's all about providing information and available resources. And that's why you're here. You're here to help us, Allison. So let's get started. Briefly, tell us a little bit about yourself (laughs) and possibly a word that describes you.
2: Well, I, I am a high school choir, piano and music technology teacher. So I get everyone from ninth through 12th grade. I love to help people learn. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in the profession that I am. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, and you said one word to describe me? Mm-hmm. Determined.
1: Determined. Oh, I like that. So what inspired you to become an a teacher and a music teacher at that?
2: So I've always wanted to be a teacher. I was the kid that was chasing my little sister around the house, trying to teach her what I learned at school that day, and she wanted nothing to do with it, but I still pushed it on her. <laughs> but I really loved to see people achieve things that they never thought that they could do on their own. So I would help friends work on classes that they found more challenging and was giving like mini lessons to people who wanted to learn how to play flute or to sing and different things like that. So I've been doing it my whole life and I've been told that I was singing since I was a baby. (laughs) So yeah, I was singing in the pews at church and I've been singing ever since. And all it took was my high school choir teacher telling me You know, you're allowed to do this as your job, right? And I took it and I ran with it.
1: Oh, that's a beautiful story. Beautiful. Do you play any instruments?
2: Yes. So my primary instrument is voice, but I also play flute. And technically, as music educators, we have to learn every single instrument. So if you hand me anything. Yeah. So if you hand me any classical instrument in an orchestra or a band or a piano, I can at least play a good solid few notes (laughs) and walk my way through it.
1: Well, I am so happy to have you. Are you affiliated with any organization, a part of any programs? Do you have anything that you do on the side that you would like to share with
2: us? Well, there are some organizations that I've been a part of or I have a grant program through. So things like Save the Music, amazing program, bringing more uh, music resources to schools that maybe don't have the funding for it. Um, MNEA, which is the Metro National Educators Association, they're awesome in advocating for us. The National Association for Music Education, NAFME, and the American Choral Directors Association, ACDA. All great programs um, that really support teachers and especially music teachers. Um, But let's move
1: on. I want to know your teaching style or your teaching methods. I know growing up, um, I was in a strict, I had all strict teachers, you know, it was just do what I say and don't move. So I know different teachers have different ways of getting the kid to learn an activity or a lesson. So what is your teacher style? How do you get kids to pretty much learn what you're trying to instruct them and tell them.
2: So I have always been a firm believer that everyone learns things in different ways. And as I get to know my students better, I find how each of them learn best. And I teach and reteach and reteach and reteach the same topics, but in a multitude of different ways and different experiences to try to reach every single student, whether that be visually, auditory, kinesthetically, if I am not willing to teach in a multitude of different ways, I don't feel like I'm serving everybody that's in my classroom very well. Any experience that I can give them in different ways is how I find myself to be most successful. Do you
1: believe that kids, every child is different in their learning?
2: I think There are similarities between different students, but every student is unique. They're going to have their strengths, they're going to have their areas that they need some help in growing with. But every single student that comes in is their own unique person. And so, how they learn and and how they are as people are going to be different. Of course.
1: I mean, look at us, we're all women, both. We're very unique, you know, our features, the way we dress, the way we look. So we should expect that every child, even adult, they're not going to learn the same way. Like you said, um, I believe they are visual learners. I'm a visual person, but I'm also a thinker. So sometimes I have to actually read it and read it over again. So there's so many different ways to learn something. So I'm glad you pointed that out. as far as your way of teaching, your method and style of teaching. Do you have any suggestions that you can get to help parents, as well as other teachers, push these push kids through testing, assignments, lessons, and lesson plans? I know you have lesson plans that you have to present, but do you have any tips or things that work for you that you think may work for another person?
2: I always approach with love. I... I am the first to ask, how is your life going? How are things going? You don't have to tell me everything. And how can I help you outside of this room? Because, you know, their piano class that day maybe isn't their priority in life. And I'm not going to sit there and judge them for that. How can I help them grow as a human and make sure that they're well cared for? So I, I always say approach with love. Approach with love always. And then for teachers, I know a lot of us hit seasons of feeling burnt out and there's so many crazy different things. And I, I try to remember that I can't pour from an empty cup. I know that's such a cliche saying, but I can't pour from an empty cup. (laughs) So I, I try my hardest to, when I come home, that that time is time with my family, with my little baby, with my husband, with our dogs, and and try to recharge and model that well for my students as well. So they can grow up and take better care of themselves, as well as model that to my fellow teachers. So we all see, like, we have to take care of ourselves. If we don't take care of ourselves, we can't take care of anybody else. either. So approach with love, and you can't pour from an empty cup.
1: Excellent answer. Excellent. Excellent answer. I, I definitely agree with that. This last part, I really want to connect with parents. So how do you connect with parents? Do you have any success stories? Because I know parents can come in and they have their, th- their way of doing things. or how you should teach your class sometimes. So um, do you have anything that you do to connect with parents?
2: So one of the biggest things that I use, especially at my school where we have so many different languages spoken. And so communication with families can sometimes be difficult if you don't speak that language. fluently. A lot of us at the school use talking points, which is an application where you can send out messages to families and it will automatically translate to their preferred language. And we found that it's pretty accurate. It's not as rough as Google translate sometimes, is, (laughs) but it actually, it does a pretty decent job at communicating at least the basis. And I found that so many families really appreciate this because they feel like they haven't been able to connect with teachers when they don't always speak English as their first language. So I've sent out messages about, Hey, our concert is coming up. We would love to see you there. Your student is going to be up there. They've been putting in tons of work and they come to the show and you can just see the excitement and joy in their faces when they see their children on stage. And it's so great. And they'll come up after the concert and they're talking to me and they're like, I never knew my my child could sing. Wow. Or I never knew that choirs were like this or things like that. So, talking points has been amazing and is a really good breaking down of that language barrier. Oh,
1: excellent, excellent. Do you have any tips that can help parents um with their kids prepare for like the morning class or um prepare for a test. I know with my parents, especially my mom, because my dad was usually off to work, she made sure we had breakfast. (laughs) She knew if I didn't have my cereal in the morning, I don't care who was speaking to me, you you just wasn't getting through. So is it something that A parent, or any suggestion you have for a parent that you could say, okay, this is something you could do in the mornings or when they come home from school to help them thrive through their day?
2: This is a hard one because I'm such a new mom. I feel like I'm figuring. (laughs) See,
1: you know, that's I'm glad you said that because people forget teachers are moms too, but you forget she. She or he may have a child at home at the same grade level, or you know, so they may be going through the same thing <laughs> that some of the parents. Yeah. Do. I am so happy you said that. So, being a parent and a teacher, is it how do you deal with changing roles? You know, um, especially when you go home, you're, you're taught all day, you dealt with kids all day, and now you have to go home to yours. <laughs> so you never get a break. How do, you, how do you adjust?
2: Honestly, my drive home, I have a, about a 25 minute commute. And it's beautiful because I have been listening to music And sounds and chaos, let's be honest, sometimes all day with these high schoolers. And I just drive home in silence. And that has been the best reset for me because I sit there and I just process what happened in the day. And I go home and I get to just be mom. I don't have to be all of the different hats that I am at school. I'm not running around like crazy there. I just get to be mom. And so spoken every moment that I can when he's this little, because he's not going to be this little forever. So I just remind myself that I'm mom here. This is my space to get to be mom, to get to be a wife, um, and just have that as this space.
1: <laughs> so you have a way of disconnecting, uh, of putting things in se- separate I want to say cabinets or boxes or areas in what, the, what is it? deep compartmentalizing in it when you can separate. And that's good because I know with the profession that I have, sometimes when I come home, I have to separate because it will affect your personal life if you don't. So I I agree with that. Whatever minute you have, that ride home may be it. So put on M Square Books podcast and listen to that because I'm sure there's something you can get out of it. But I like your suggestion. Whatever minute you have, take that minute so that when you're home, you're home, you're no longer a teacher. So that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Okay, let's go with this. How can parents support teachers? Like, what is it that they can do if a child is struggling Um, or if a child is doing well? Do you have any tips
2: for them? I always say reach out to us. We are so happy to hear from parents and see that they are a really solid part of their child's life and their education. And a great reminder is that there's one of us and so many students. And so we do our best to reach out to every single parent. <laughs> Time's hard for us when we've got one of where we're into and your child is doing awesome. And we want to acknowledge that, but you want to just check in. We want to know that. That's great. Reach out to us. We're happy to walk alongside with any parent that reaches out to us. To help their student and cheer them on or just celebrate what they're doing.
1: Oh, that's wonderful because I'm sure teachers will hear from a parent if something's going wrong. But I think what you're saying, besides that, it's just like working. You don't always want to hear from your boss when something is wrong. You want to get, hey, you're doing a good job, or hey, you know what? I like what you did the other day, Miranda. So kids want that too. Teachers want that even more because they have what 15 to 25 kids and if they can at least get 10 parents to say you know what you're doing a fine job with Brian or Je- Jennifer or Miranda you know Miranda <laughs> your class but they want to hear that because that encourages you you know that makes you feel good about your day and it also it it it, it gives you that inspiration to keep going so i like that you said that you know Parents, if you're listening, reach out to your teachers, not when your child is doing something wrong or didn't do well on a test or assignment, but it's nice for them to hear that they're doing a good job, or thank you. Just thank them for taking care of your child while you're at work. You know, you need it when you're at your job. I need it when I'm at work. Teachers don't just have your child, but they have 24 other personalities that they have to adjust to throughout their day. So in closing, I just want to say, please be mindful that everything discussed in this podcast are the opinions and suggestions of our guests and shouldn't be taken as a method that works for every single student, teacher, or organization. This is solely our guest point of view or shared experiences with hopes that it can be used that's the resource to move forward in your profession. Thank you so much for listening to The Teacher's Cubby. Thank you, Allison. I hope you come again and give us an update, maybe at the end of the year for the summer. And Tina, I turn this over to you.
0: Back with what I promised. One question. M Squared Books created The Teacher's Cubby to have professionals come together and share information, suggestions, and tips. With that being said, where can we find you on social media? Um, so I have a teaching Instagram
2: that's musically Mrs. Snyder, and my choir itself has an Instagram as well, and that's HLHS Choirs.
0: Thank you so much, Allison and Miranda, for enlightening us with your conversation, and thank you for listening. We will have all the links to Allison's social media and our resources in the episode notes. Teacher's Cubby features new episodes every last Thursday of the month, so be sure to click the follow button. You can find the M Squared Books podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, our website msquaredbooks.com, and on YouTube at Miranda Mathis. If you desire to be part of our podcast, please email mirandamathis at msquaredbooks.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Until next time, stay well and safe.